Welcome to the Pro Football Couch Analyst Podcast. I'm Connor. We got Braden in the middle and our executive executive producer, Ryan, over on the right. Um, today, we're going to be going through the records of the NFC teams, uh, making our predictions <clears throat> for the year. I got all my records laid out, and we're coming to you on a Thursday night, probably be put up by Friday morning. And instead of waiting until after the preseason game is over tonight, we're just going to go on with it because I doubt anybody wants to hear Jake Lutton news tomorrow when they wake up. (laughs) So we're going to get right into it, uh, starting with the NFC. So you guys ready to react? Indeed. Okay. So let's start off with the NFC East. In this order... The Philadelphia Eagles going 11-6. The Dallas Cowboys going 9-8. The Washington Commanders going 7-10. And And the New York Football Giants going 5-12. Thoughts? Very accurate. I could see see all of that happening. Um, I don't know if the Eagles would win that many games. Um... I think it'll be like the NFC least, like usual. Maybe not last year, but two years before, when I don't think any teams had double digits, double digit numbers. The Commanders won the division at seven and nine that year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could see that happening, but I do, I do think the Eagles are going are going to win the the division. For me, Dallas is kind of a hard team to pick right now because yeah. they were. Good last year, and I've been super low on them up to this point. You just, you just never know what they're going to be like. Yeah. I mean, they had that one pop-up year where they went, what was it, 13-3 and three or something? Yep. And they had home field advantage for the first round of the playoffs, or the divisional mm-hmm. round of the playoffs, I should say. But yeah, they're, yeah, they're just – they're kind of similar to a few other teams that we see throughout the league where they just – they pop up every other year. It's okay. This year they're going to make it. This year they're not. Uh, Washington then, you know, they got Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. They played pretty well with Taylor Heineke last year, so that's why it's really hard for me to predict where their record will finish. And they got Sam Howell too. You, you never know. Yeah. He may pop off. Sam Howell. Yeah, I mean, when we were talking about the 2022 NFL draft a year ago, Sam Sam Howell was a consensus number one quarterback. Yep. Then obviously things didn't quite play out that way. Um, then the Giants, you know, even though they brought in Brian Dable, um, Daniel Jones, he's still Daniel Jones. And yeah, they're going to be getting a new guy, I'm pretty sure, for next year. Yeah. I mean, I, I think everyone can guess that. If nothing happens this year, I'm pretty sure they're going to be looking for a new guy to lead that team. Yeah, probably drafting a guy depending on how high they pick. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I I made the draft order using these standings, and I think the Giants were like in the top five. Yep, if I remember right. So, not too much different than years past. Right. Moving on to the NFC North. In first place, the 13-4 and four Green Bay Packers. 
in second place, the 10 and 7 Minnesota Vikings. In third place, the 6 and 11 Detroit Lions. And in fourth place, of course, the Chicago Bears at 3 and 14. I, w- I want to hear um I want to hear Riley's thoughts on the Packers. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that either. I mean, I'm just curious because obviously, like, I don't think they have as high-powered as a team anymore like they did last year with Devontae. No, they got – we'll see how Christian Watson does. It's really weird, though, because when I went through their schedule, so obviously I think they're probably going to split with the Vikings. Um, but they got some pretty favorable matchups, like, a lot of their good opponents are going to end up playing at home. I think they have to go to Tampa Bay. They're going to be hosting the Rams when it's cold outside. Mm. So I don't know. Is the Packers? I don't. I don't see them losing. Like I think their floor is eleven wins. I think this is more of like. I guess their ceiling would probably be fourteen wins, but. Yeah, I mean, looking at their schedule and everything, they don't have a ton of teams that are going to be super tough to play on the road. Mm-hmm. But it'll I be mean, interesting. I think it'll be interesting. I think it's interesting that you have them on top of the division. A lot, Of course, a lot of people are going to have those the same idea as you just because there's so many Aaron Rodgers supporters. Um. Personally, I have the Vikings taken on top this year because I just don't know how that offense is going to roll in Green Bay without Devontae. Um, I think the Vikings. I think the Vikings win eleven or twelve this year. I think they do pretty good. Really, I think the the addition. I I do think the addition of Darius Smith and Booth in the draft, I think they're going to be helpful. I think, yeah, so that defense is the biggest question for me. So I don't think there's any question their offense is going to be really good. I don't know if I'd put it in the category of great, but they'd like to get it into the top 10 range, obviously. But that defense has just been so bad between 2020 and 2021. It's hard to see them, like, bouncing back and having just like this huge year defensively because they've been ranking close to the bottom of the league. But now that they're, you know, they got new blood in there, right. some new players. Yeah. Ed Donatel running the defense. And they have, and they have good players playing. Yeah. Like to begin with, they've always had good players playing. And they got some older guys too. Uh, I thought you know, when they were going to bring in the new GM and the new coach, I thought they were going to tear down the curtains. But, yeah, I mean, the Lions, a lot of people have them doing really well too. Mm-hmm. I don't see them winning more than six games. There's a lot of people who think they could be in the playoffs, but Jared Goff's still their quarterback. And Dan Campbell seems to be a pretty good coach. I don't think he's going to he's capable of holding Jared Goff's hand. No. Like a Sean McVay would. Mm-mm. 
And then obviously, you know, Chicago, they they did do what the what I thought the Vikings should have done. They really tore down the curtains. Um basically left Justin Fields with absolutely nothing. But they could potentially win more than three games. I think last I heard the Bears over under was at six and a half wins in Las Vegas. I'd hammer the under on that, but I think my personal opinion. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Detroit and Chicago. I I think the Bears are number three in the division. I think the Lions are probably gonna probably take last place again. I'm not quite sure, but interesting take. Yeah. I don't know. All right. On to the south. Now this is where things get really wild. In first place. Your 2020 Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are sitting up at the top of the NFC South, and the NFC as a whole as the number one seed with a 14 and three record. Number two, at nine and eight, the New Orleans Saints. Number three, seven and ten, Carolina Panthers. And last and definitely least, the Atlanta Falcons at three and fourteen. Think the Falcons will do that bad? I think they're going to be terrible. <laughs> if you look at the construction of their roster, okay, so now they got they got Drake Drake London to throw to. They got Kyle Pitts, obviously, but who do they have like on their line? I mean, they don't really have any other weapons besides Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and we don't know what Drake London's going to be yet because he just got drafted this season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think top to bottom, the Falcons probably have one of the worst overall rosters in the entire league. Yeah, their personnel isn't very strong. You think Mar- you think Marcus may be able to make something out of it, though? Like, yeah, let Probably won't do good this season, but you think he'll might he might be able to create some highlights? Yeah, I mean he's a good bridge guy. He he limped a Tennessee team in the playoffs before. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, Mariota's got experience, and you know he's been playing with the Raiders and sitting behind Derek Carr. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's learned some stuff, but. I think there's always a possibility that by like, I don't know, maybe week eight or nine, I don't know when the Falcons have their bye mm-hmm. off the top of my head. But I think close to the bye week, you'll probably see Desmond Ritter step in. Yeah. Because, I mean, based on where they're projected to finish with their record and everything, I don't think that they're going to really be picking outside the top 10. So quarterback will certainly be in play for them in the draft. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's something to keep an eye on. And also Arthur Smith. We'll see if he's got anything. Arthur Smith. He could potentially be on his way out the door this year if they do end up finishing with that bad of a record. And now to the NFC West. The Los Angeles Rams, 12-5. and 5. 
the San Francisco 49ers, 10 and 7. The Kyler Murray led Arizona Cardinals, $246 million man, 7 and 10. And Pete Carroll leading the Seahawks to a 4 and 13 record. Okay, I don't know why. I don't see the Seahawks having that bad of a record. I think they have too good of coaching. And I, I don't know. I, I just I can't see the Seahawks having that bad of a record. They're going to run the ball, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's where all their offense is going to come from. Yeah. But, I mean, their quarterback competition right now is Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. I mean, we obviously saw what they looked like last year when they had to throw Geno Smith in for Russell Wilson. Yeah. And, you know, they took away more pieces now from what they had last year. I think the thing that will hold them together is they got, obviously they got good receivers and they got a really solid run game for the most part. I mean, their offensive line, we'll see with them because they just, they brought in a couple of rookies this offseason to try to fill some of the holes there. It's the Seattle hasn't really ever had like that great of an offensive line. No, they haven't. But they've always had rush to work around it. Yeah. I guess I never thought about that. I don't know. I, I, I think Seattle's just a very good franchise. I just can't see them doing that bad. It's hard for me to visualize. Me too, just because they've been like unstoppable for I shouldn't say unstoppable they've been like one of the elite teams for the last decade and you know they made it to two Super Bowls with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson now that Russell Wilson isn't there I mean Russell Wilson had to run for his life just to make sure that they were competitive uh any other thing that stands out from really any of the divisions so far Riley, what do you think about Arizona? Do you think that's pretty accurate? It's hard. I I don't really know. I think I feel like they could still win eight games. I feel like they'll just start out really good again. I'll come crashing down. Is it possible that we see like Arizona start off like four and three or five and three and then the entire building just collapses around them? Like Halfway through the season, I really just see it being like eight wins. However, you look at it, I don't see it mm-hmm. really being any more or any less. Yeah, I mean they're they're a little bit more predictable than most teams. I think just because we've seen the same thing year after year, like for the past two three seasons now, where it's okay, we're gonna start off really good, and then you know, have a winning record. And then once it gets about halfway through the season, then they end up finishing below 500. Right. So the first three weeks they played the Chiefs, Raiders, and uh, Rams. That Raiders game's Ooh. in Las Vegas, right? Um, I, I think so. Yeah, it is. Okay. Wow. I, they're going to – I think there's a really solid chance – the Arizona Cardinals could be 0 3 to start the season. Here's the yeah. next here's the next four games. Panthers, Eagles, Seahawks, and Saints. That's really easy too. But the Panthers 
so the thing about the Panthers is, you know, there's certain teams that they just have curses. So like the Jaguars, for whatever reason, always beat the Colts at home. And then like the Seahawks would always beat up on the Vikings at home. Um, Dallas just always loses to Green Bay, even games that they shouldn't lose. I feel like the Cardinals might just be so blown up from those three games right there. The next four won't even matter. Well, yeah, and then so where I was going to go with that point is basically they've really struggled going into Carolina, going back to like, I don't know if it was before the NFC Championship game, but the NFC Championship game back in 2015, they went down to Carolina and just got destroyed. But, yeah. Um, so, so, you think they'll beat, after those first three games, you think they'll win from there on, or those next three? After they lose the three, you think they'll win the next three? So that, that next stretch of games that he was talking about. Or four, yeah, yeah. They, I could see them maybe go like, 500 in that stretch? I think they win all of them. Really? Well, you know Kyler Murray, right? The dude's a winner. Like, before the NFL, all he did was win. What was it? I think I remember watching his, uh, it was the Oklahoma versus Texas rivalry game. And that was like the first football game he's ever lost in his life or something like that since high school. It was, yeah. like, it was like freshman year of high school. That was the first football game he ever lost. He's not a loser. He's a good athlete. I I don't think he's going to go down that easily, even I, after be, being beaten three times by I'd three really, really good teams. I'd really like to see him step it up and put the team on his back. Mm-hmm. And I think if we get that side of Kyler Murray, then we'll see. I mean – really good things could happen. But if he doesn't, I feel like it could just be more of the same. Yeah. So before we get off here really quick, I just want to show you where we stand seed-wise for the playoffs in the NFC. And then we'll get to the AFC on Monday. So top to bottom, Mm -hmm. at the number one seed, the Buccaneers are 14-3. and Two, the Packers are 13-4. and Three, the Rams are 12 and five. Four, the Eagles are 11 and six. Five, the 49ers are 10 and seven. Six, the Vikings are also 10 and seven. And at number nine, or at number seven, we have the Saints at nine and eight. So those are the seven seeds for the playoffs. Any comments? I, I respect you put the Saints in there. I don't think a lot of people are going to have them in the playoff spots or even in the, in the playoffs. Um, I think they deserve to be in the playoffs. They have a very good team, very underrated. They're going to do good this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see them missing the playoffs, so they're another team that's hard to predict. But we can uh... – we can maybe do an episode next week, maybe Thursday, to talk about the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Just Let's go through that. the entire playoffs. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that is it from us. So like, subscribe, comment, share. You know what to do. Pro Football Couch Analyst Podcast. See you guys later. I'm actually sitting on the couch. Just want to say that. <laughs> yeah. Adios.